welcome to the Big Kids Book Club. A podcast about all things fictional, from middle grade to young adult. So sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Big Kids Book Club. My name is Marcus and I am your host and joining me on the show today, we have the author of Middle Grade Poetry Slam Superstar, Clementine Florentine. It's Tasha Harrison, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. It's really exciting to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. And as you are a new author on the podcast for the first time, we like to get to know our authors a little bit better. So do you want to tell us just a little snippet about how you got into writing, a little bit of your writing journey up to now? Oh, it's a long one. Um, I've been into writing since I was a kid. Loved it at school. Loved creative writing. Was absolutely gutted I couldn't do it as an A-level. And then kind of lost my path with writing for a long time. Rediscovered it in my 20s and remembered that this is what I always wanted to do. And it's basically taken me the last 20 years to get a a publishing deal. And um, yeah, I've, I've written sort of eight manuscripts, had three agents, had hundreds of rejections and um, I wrote comedy drama for adults for a while and self-published and then sort of gave up with that. And um, Clementine Florentine is my first uh, middle grade novel. And that's where I seem to have finally hit the nail on the head. <laughs> Better late than never. Absolutely. But it's actually quite an interesting journey getting Clementine up and running because this really, you can almost trace its, uh, the history of the book back to 2018 and the Bath Children's Novel Award, because you got long-listed in that, which really gave you, I guess, some recognition for your writing kudos. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that process? Yeah, well, and also um, the year before, my previous manuscript was shortlisted in the Bath Children's Novel Award. So, and that was also, for that manuscript, um, it was a kind of a teen YA novel comedy. And I found an agent with that novel and got shortlisted with um, BNA all, all in the same couple of months. So I thought, wow, I'm I'm, I'm taking off. Finally, I've, I've found the right manuscript and I, I've got a good feeling about this one. It's really, it's going to happen. And um, and then when it got sent out on submission, all the publishers turned it down. It's about 20, 20 odd publishers. And I had wonderful feedback for it. They Loads of them really loved it and had great things to say about it. But uh, I don't know what what the main problem, one of the problems seemed to be that I had a 14-year-old male protagonist and they weren't sure where to place it in the market because of that. And um, so uh, one of the things I was told was, look, why don't you try writing for middle grades? You know, because you've got a, you know, your humorous style would lend itself really well to, to middle grades. So I went away and had to think about it. And yeah, Clementine Florentine started to emerge, you know, unraveling my thoughts. And and then, yes, got long-listed for BNA, which again was a, a lovely boost. But I rushed to get it in and, you know, like I got it in, you know, I got like an hour or so before the deadline. <laughs> yeah, it was a right old mess at that stage. That sounds like a true writer's book, just the sort of like deadlines ticking. You're just like, oh, <laughs> oh, just hot off the press, the, the keyboard typing away, smoke from the fingers just to get it written up. But obviously that recognition allowed people to take notice of it. And Clan came and snapped it up to uh, make it your middle grade debut. I wonder how the process has been, obviously for you, it's been a long time coming, to suddenly go from multiple manuscripts to award recognition and then finally getting the book deal. What was it like, you know, working with UCLan? Because they're, you know, this really amazing indie sort of publisher here in the UK. Yeah, I, I've had a great 
experience working with UCAN. Um, I mean, not that I've got anything to compare it to, but so far it has been wonderful. And it's been a massive learning curve for me also because the, the book is so heavily illustrated. So learning how to work with a designer and an illustrator um, and editors and a sensitivity reader and um, kind of combining all those things together has you know, it's been a bit nerve wracking at times, you know, just wanting to get everything right and and making sure that, you know, everyone else on the team is is happy and, and that we're all getting along. Well, I mean, it's it's been wonderful. It's been great. And UCLan have been so supportive. Um, I feel really lucky. Yeah. They're the best publisher to work with. Absolutely. They've got all everyone I've spoken to has amazing things to talk about. Hazel and the team up there at UCLan. Now, Clementine, obviously, it's taken from 2018. It's now 2022. That's mm-hmm. many years of development. I wonder <laughs> I wonder if you can still sort of pinpoint the the first initial thought of Clementine as a character and the sort of how she came about and her story. I knew that I wanted to write a kind of slight, not feisty is not the right word, but a bubbly, cheeky, slightly overconfident and then panicking and feeling unconfident type character. So I, I, I knew that I wanted to have this very human and very flawed character uh, with a sort of humorous outlook, but lots of self-doubt, um, lots of, sort of anxiety. Um, so, yes, I, I knew that I wanted her to to have that kind of contrast that I think we all we all have where you kind of feel very confident one minute and then absolutely panicking and you're a bag of nerves and you don't know who you are and what you want and you you know you're a waste of space type feelings the next yeah and because you actually mentioned there sort of the sort of like the different feelings because that almost comes across in the poetry because uh, one of the big amazing things about this book is the amount of poetry is like laced into it you think like obviously she is a bit of a poet herself. We have people like uh, Liv as well, uh, sorry, Lynn, who uh, is uh, this ex-washed up sort of reinvigorating poet slam superstar. And poetry plays a big part in it. So I wondered whether it's because poetry is such a big thing in your life that it became quite fundamental in, in Clementine and her course sort of, I guess it's part of her DNA, really. <laughs> yeah I that's a good question I would say I love writing poetry I love like Clem I like writing silly humorous poems when it comes to knowing uh, about poetry you know the bigger picture I I don't really know that much at all I'm, I'm quite ignorant I don't I've never studied it I don't really read poetry in my spare time but when I come across a humorous poem I love it I just and I, I kind of ought to make more time to read I mean, I've discovered a few more humorous poets lately who um, and I just love. I love what they write. But I think it's it's more that I, I love writing. I mean, I love reading, and I, but I most of my time is spent writing. And and yeah, I have less time for reading than I than I do for writing. And then same goes for poetry, I suppose. I just I love mucking about with poetry. It's like it needs to come out. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't. I don't have more. I'm not, I don't. It sounds like it doesn't make sense that I'm not spending as much time studying other poets and reading other, other poets work but I, I, I just can't fit everything in so I just like to muck about with it it's just for fun really yeah but that is really the core sort of I guess the the, the plot beats and everything that goes into Clementine is to have fun and you can see that because a lot of the poems are silly uh, talking I remember the one at the end where uh, I think it's Rom is talking about like why do girls have to like pink why why do boys have to be blue and stuff like that I've wondered, actually, because this has been out for just over a month now, whether if you've been able to do any school visits and stuff like that and how students and readers have engaged with the poetry mixed in with like the story and the prose. Like, Have there been some kids who have like really latched on to what poetry can do for them? Well, 
I would love to be able to answer that. But I haven't yet done a school visit, but I've got a few lined up. So I, <laughs> I really, I'm fascinated to know as well. I, what I hope is that it just feels fun and accessible and it doesn't feel heavy or difficult to understand because I just want it to be a lighthearted, humorous read and the poetry to be a part of that. So the word poetry hopefully isn't going to put anyone off, but hopefully do the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Get a lot more people realising, oh, wait a minute, poetry can be pretty damn cool. And the other cool thing about this is you've already hinted on this, the beautiful illustrations that really just match up so nicely with the the story and the writing. Maya Mitchell has illustrated a lot of this. And one of the things she did is she basically at the start of the book, there's this great sort of cast sort of like <laughs> sort of like who's in the castle was like you get a tv show at the beginning like this person playing this person and so you get to meet like you know clem uh, dad callum live mr c you know all of them so it really gives you a chance that for you reading it and i imagine younger readers instantly you can picture them because you've seen them on the page and now you can see what they look like and so when they when they're they're going through the story and you're sort of like you're imagining it in your head you're taking the words and sort of taking them into pictures you get a lot more ideas about, oh, okay, I see how it, this scene looks in my head. I wonder how much of actually like working with Maya and actually being like, oh, uh, Clement should have like a, the beret, sort of should just sit about here and she she should wear something like this. So I was like, I wonder how much of it you got to sort of like impart onto the character design in that regards. Yeah, I, Maya has done an amazing job of nailing every character and some things, in fact, I think she came up with the idea of fingerless gloves for Clem because uh, she drew Clem with these fingerless gloves because uh, her, her outfit is called a Shermadge outfit which is what her dad's nickname for you look like a cross between Sherlock Holmes and Madonna with her waistcoat and flat cap but ripped jeans and whatever luminous socks and um, Maya added in the fingerless gloves I was like oh that's really brilliant I, don't, <laughs> I didn't think of that but now I've got to add them into the text so that because I wouldn't want to lose them from the illustration it looks really good and uh, and yeah and we we kind of work together so I you know I'd look at the illustrations and think oh, I didn't quite envisage her looking like that but then I'd realize that I hadn't actually made it clear in the in the text always how I envisage the character in, in my head so I think she's had a really difficult challenge to interpret the characters but she totally nailed it with every single one some of some of them she just got straight away and I was like wow I didn't you know I have nothing to say it's perfect you know and then other things it was just tweaking but I think it was a hell of a lot of work for her I imagine and it's and I'm so pleased I think it just works so well and I've not met Maya we we're based at opposite ends of the country so I really hope one day we can meet in person Oh, absolutely. It's just one of those things. Now people are starting to get back in person. We're having like book launches in person uh, rather than sort of everything virtualized. I wonder, has there been a moment on this journey and especially maybe uh, to start this year when the book launched and it became a real thing, you could actually hold in your hands and see it on bookshelves. Has there been a particular moment in this middle grade sort of debut journey that you can say has been a highlight so far? I've had some feedback uh, from various people via Hazel at UCLan, you know, that where a child has said, oh, this has made me feel like reading again, like picking up more books again. And just to hear that is is complete magic. There is no no better feeling than knowing a child has really enjoyed it, really related to it or laughed out loud, because that's just what I wanted to accomplish to to make kids laugh out loud, also to make adults laugh. I don't it's not exclusively for kids, this book. I really wanted it to be just as entertaining for adults and also to be relatable both for kids and adult readers as well so when I hear that it just yeah it makes my day 
yeah, kids and big kids are all <laughs> around. We can all enjoy this. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you've already mentioned that you are busy writing in your daily schedule. I wonder if that's because you're writing maybe a sequel or something new that's coming up that you can tell us about? Well, you can have just bought my next novel, but it's not a sequel to Clementine. I don't know if I will do a sequel to Clementine. I might do, <laughs> see how it goes. But this one is a teen rom-com uh, with a 16-year-old uh, female protagonist who uh, it's called, at the moment, the working title is The Thing About Lemons. And it's about this girl who makes the catastrophic mistake of snogging her best friend's boyfriend. And then there's a big fallout from that. And the plans she had for her post-GCSE summer go completely out the window. And she ends up having to go and stay with her estranged granddad, who she calls Grandpa Airhead, because he's a bit sort of absent-minded and away with the fairies. And he's got a bit of a colourful past. And she has to go and stay with him at his pad in, in France, near the Dordogne River. Um, and he's a blues guitarist, so he, he lives in a how a, a barn and he has a recording studio and yeah he's uh he likes to play the blues and he's got a few too, too many guitars and um she's like this is going to be the worst couple of weeks of my life I'm going to be so bored and um but actually it all turns out to be very different to how she expected I was gonna say <laughs> go hang out with someone playing blues in the door it's pretty good <laughs> but I can imagine actually as a teenage girl that sounds horrific when stuck with dodgering old uh, relative <laughs> who just sits and plays music that you don't relate to. So uh, definitely yeah. looking forward to that. So you, did you say you just finished the first draft of that? Yes. Yeah, so there will, uh, there will be some editing obviously to do. Um, and so I don't know how much it will change from uh, where it is at the moment, but yes, yeah, so I'm just about to b begin on that journey. And then after that, I'm, I want to, I'm really ready to get started on something new as well, but um, I've got, I've got a day job that I'm juggling as well. So yeah, it's just finding the time at the moment. Ah, the, the the life of an author. I mean, it sounds, I mean, the fact that you have another book coming out is incredibly exciting. I'm incredibly excited for you as well, because obviously getting one book out, now the second book, the new pressures, now you know what like writing under the deadline is, you know what to kind of expect. I'm guessing now with a sort of YA sort of rom-com, it's going to be slightly different. So there's going to be new challenges and new experiences for you to sort of uh, enjoy and dive into. So can't wait for that. Ah, oh, very excited. Very excited. Thank you. <laughs> um, but we have come straight through to the end of today's show. I've got no more questions for you. You've answered them all brilliantly. So first thing you can tick off uh, the debut author list is absolutely smashed my first interview here. So uh, Yay! <laughs> that means, however, everyone else listening can get excited because it's competition time. If you want to get your hands on this amazing book, Clementine Florentine, all you have to do is head over to our Twitter at Big Kids Book Club, all one long lovely word. And there you're going to be retweeting and liking the competition actual post along with the hashtag Clementine Comp, all one word Clementine Comp. And because we always love a quizzy question to add to our competitions. I mean, the whole idea of poetry gave me a very good idea. Now, I normally put my authors on the spot to come up with something, but this, this was a bit tricky. So I'm not going to do that to you, Tasha. So you can you breathe a sigh of relief because we're going to be asking yeah. you guys to come up with your own punky, cool, bookish haikus. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> as an example... I have one. But if you're asking what the heck is a haiku, haiku is a Japanese poetry sort of system which works on a five syllable, seven syllable and a five syllable phrasing. So all of them, the first line is always going to be made of five syllables. The second line of the poem is made of seven and the last line is made 
of five again. So something a little like this. <clears throat> Give away a book. Bring a smile to another. Share the joy of words. Man, if I've got my maths correct, that's five syllables, seven syllables, and five syllables. And there you go. We wow. will be bringing one of you guys the smile and joy of words with this amazing book. But we want to hear your amazing haikus. And I think normally, as we say, we get our authors to uh, join into the competition. But instead, I think, Tasha, what we'll do is we'll have you pick your favourite haiku to be the winner next week. I mean, that's what we're going to be doing. Oh, I'd love that. That would be great. Thank you. That's so exciting. get working, peeps. Come up with your very cool haikus. Your, they can be punkish or bookish. I don't mind which, but you've got to impress Tasha if you want to win a copy of Clementine Florentine. How does that sound? <laughs> that's brilliant. That's such a smart idea. It's, I love it. Can I join in? Can I enter the competition too? <laughs> just secret accounts, just so, suddenly looking up. Uh, but yeah, there we go. So competition, there you are, guys. You're going to be heading over to our Twitter once more, at Big Kids Book Club, hashtag Clementine Comp and your awesome haikus inside the competition post. But that is it. That's all the time we have for this week. So Tasha, until we catch up next week to rank and rate these amazing haikus we're going to be getting, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. That's been great fun. It has indeed. But I won't let you go quite yet until we can let our lovely listeners know how they can find out more about you and your book and any future stuff coming out. Do you have a website or some social media they can go to? Um, yeah, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at dot dash Tash. And I have a website, which is TashaHarrison.com, which is a little bit out of date. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't updated it lately. I was on my mega list of things to do. But yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Insta. Fan. Fantastic. And of course, lovely listeners, you can find us on Twitter because you're going to be going over there and entering that competition at Big Kids Book Club. And you'll also find us at our brand new website, bigkidsbookclub.com. There you can find a whole host of additional content as along with our midweek book reviews and all of the backlog and archive of previous podcasts. So if you've ever missed anything out, you can go there and pick up our episode. Well, that's all the time I have. So until next time, all I can say is for you to take care, to stay safe, but most importantly, to keep on reading.